Welcome to another episode of Justin the Food Entrepreneur's Podcast. I'm Justin Bizarro. I'm your host. That's B-I-Z-Z-A-R-R-O. If you want to find me on Instagram or social media, you can find me at Justin Bizarro, and you can find this podcast at Justin and the Food Entrepreneur's on both Instagram and Facebook. So thank you, everybody, for listening in, and thank you, everyone, for joining us today. Uh, today, I have with us Catherine Kimbrell of Texas Tacos from Atlanta, Georgia. How are you doing today, Catherine? I'm doing well. Um, how are you? I'm doing well. Did I get the last name right? You did. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. I'm always nervous, as the audience can probably attest to. Sometimes I get them, sometimes I don't. But I wanted to make sure we sort of dove right into it. Um, yeah, again, so tell us first where we can find you on social media and online. And and then sort of let's just dive into your story and why you decided to start a food truck. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, so Texas Tacos, you can find us on Instagram. We're at, at Texas Tacos, T-E-X-S-T-A-C-O-S. We're on Facebook, same thing, Texas Tacos. Um, we even we got Twitter and then also TikTok, but we're not super active on that platform. Um, but Instagram, definitely. So just, yeah. And then also online at um, texastacos.com. Awesome. So, um from there, so I mean, like, tell us a little bit more about your background and why you decided to take the leap and start a food truck. Yeah, of course. Um, I mean, I never really grew up dreaming of being in the food truck industry or restaurant industry. Um, I kind of did. I mean, none of my I really didn't even know what, a, you know, entrepreneurship was. I mean, my family we're all in the medical field, aside from my uncle, who's an entrepreneur, I really didn't know that was kind of the path I would take. Um, you know, I graduated with um, a marketing degree. So that was my, my first first career or position outside of college was um, working for a tech company in marketing. So I really didn't know. I mean, I did know after working there um, for a couple of years that I hated following the rules. I hated having to be somewhere or working for somebody else's dream. Um, but it really wasn't until I think we were, I was like 22 at the time, my boyfriend, who's um, now my husband, he had asked me, you know, hey, do you want to start a food truck that came up for sale? And he was, he had, he had a background in um, the industry. He was managing a lot of trucks um, prior to us owning Texas Tacos. And he had asked, you know, hey, do you want to help me do this full time? And keep in mind, we were just dating at the time. And I was like in a cushy, like corporate job, but I hated my life. I was miserable there. And honestly, I thought I would do this business for about six months <laughs> and then I would go back um, to working corporate. I had even asked my boss at the time if, hey, I'm going to you know, start this endeavor. But if it fails, can I, you know, do I have my job back here? So he agreed to that um, graciously. But yeah, eight years later and here I am, I never went back. So um, I definitely didn't grow up wanting to be it, but I've learned to love it over the years. And honestly, I couldn't imagine doing anything else. So this, uh, so eight years in, I mean, so let's, what does your menu look like? Did you just sort of inherit the menu that was already on the truck as you bought it? Or did you, have you rebranded it? I mean, sort of explain to us the process and what does it look like to buy it? a food truck. I think we talk a lot about what it's like yeah. to start one on this podcast, but I don't think we've ever talked about what it's like to buy one. So do you mind diving a little more deeper into that? 
Yeah, yeah, of course. So we actually, so Texas Talkers, the brand, um, we actually didn't found, we didn't found it. It was founded by a guy, an individual named Matt Kelms, and he was actually originally from San Antonio, Texas. Uh, so he actually had the idea. He came up with the brand and the name, um, and he actually had the idea of bringing um, this concept of um, Tex-Mex to the streets of Atlanta. Um, and this was back in like 2011. So we were one of the first food trucks um, on the scene. Um, and so he had brought it over to Atlanta and my, he had hired my husband straight out of college. I think my husband was like 19 um, to serve as like the general manager of his truck. Um, so he came up with the menu. Um, he kind of came up with the brand name, um, but he probably did it for about six, less than a year. It was probably about six months. And he decided to um, move back to Texas. So that's when the brand Texas Tacos came out for sale. And that's when eventually um, my husband and I did purchase it. Um, but from then on, we have expanded the menu. Some of the, there are still some staples that he created, gosh, almost 11 years ago, but it's definitely, you know, we've definitely expanded on it from then. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, our truck, as far as like the sale goes, we were very lucky that he kind of already had, um, the menu in place. Um, but yeah, we definitely, we definitely expanded on it. I mean, we are, we're, we serve an array of like what we call Nueva Texacana Eats, which is just our take on traditional Tex-Mex cuisine. So, not only do we serve tacos, but we also do quesadillas, lime fries, loaded fries. Um, our food truck concept is quick serve. Um, and then all of our food is like made fresh to order and fully customizable. And then we also have expanded that menu for weddings as well. So not only do we, we do food truck catering, but we also do more traditional st style like buffet. Um, we could do drop off deliveries, but definitely the mobile um, catering is what's in our wheelhouse. Does that answer your question? Absolutely. And so what's <laughs> your most popular item? What's your most popular item? Um, yeah, definitely. So as far as the tacos go, definitely the um, skirt steak, which is our carne asada. Um, the chicken is definitely popular. And then also our lime fries. Um, we actually had a magazine um, dubbed them crack fries, if that tells you anything. Uh, but they're they're great and they're def definitely unique to us. Um, whereas you know you can order chips and sauce or chips and queso pretty much from any um, Mexican restaurant. The lime fries are definitely unique to us. Um, so I would definitely say those three. So what's on the lime fries? Yeah, so they what it's 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 kind of what I describe. It's like your the margarita salt around your glass, like of a margarita, but it's definitely more sweet. So it gives them. Uh, it's like a sweet, salty, and tangy flavor. We take like freshly um, lime zest um, with some other ingredients, and then we toss the fries in them. Um, they're amazing. That's pretty cool. So, okay, let's talk about a little bit about the wedding catering and sort of the industry that's coming up in how, like really for food trucks. I think a lot of wedding catering is going in this direction. It seems to make sense. One, it's more affordable. Oh, yeah. And two, it allows guests to move a little bit when they're coming to your, um, when they're at your wedding. So, I mean, how do you differentiate your menu from a wedding? I mean, how do you go, I mean, let's talk about it a little bit. How do you, if you're going out on the street to sell tacos, for example, that's, how do you mm -hmm. prepare for that versus saying, hey, I'm going to do a 150 person wedding? Yeah, of course. I mean, with any, any food truck in the wedding industry, and that's, 
like it kind of what sets us apart too. I mean, we cater probably 60 plus weddings a year. We do almost four weddings every weekend. Um, the max we've ever done is six and I vowed never to do that again, but, um, but yeah, the whole idea is you want to um, develop a menu um, that you're able to um, get food at a pretty rapid pace without compromising on quality. Um, so with our with our menu, I mean, we definitely have expanded it for weddings because we also want to offer not only items for like the main dinner um, part of the part of the event, but also offer appetizers as well for cocktail hour. Um, we kind of want to be your one stop shop for um caterers in the wedding industry. So not only do we offer appetizers for cocktail hour, but we also do like additional services like cake cutting, trash removal, kind of the whole nine yards. Um, now with, with it being weddings, I mean, we already know we have, we require a final head count within 14 days. So we already know how much we're going to prep for versus, you know, let's say you go out to a brewery. Well, you really don't know what the turnout's going to be like. I mean, you could prep for 100 people, but you may only feed, you know, 60 people that day. So you're kind of out that food waste versus weddings. Everything's prepaid in advance. You know exactly how much food you're bringing. Um, you know exactly how many people you're planning for. And the really key is, is you just got to move people through the line at a really rapid pace. Um, and that's where a lot of food trucks can go wrong. I mean, one reason we can do so many weddings is because because we do move pretty quickly. Um, you know, weddings are on strict timelines. You really have to get everyone through the line in under an hour. And that means feeding 150 people in under an hour. Um, so while it may be high stress for us in the truck, um, when it's that many people, um, we definitely execute and make sure that we're getting the food out um, pretty quickly. And I appreciate the answers, Catherine. And audience, sorry, I forgot to introduce our co-host, Skylar Rabson. Skylar, do you have any questions for uh, for her um, at, before I continue on? Um, I did see that her truck is dubbed, or Texas Tacos is dubbed the Antonio Banderas. <laughs> yeah. And I was curious about that. Yeah, some magazine, I mean, gosh, it must have, it was, this was back in like 2012. Um, yeah, had just wrote us because... I think when people think of taco trucks or when they think of food trucks, especially back in the day, um, they're kind of synonymous with like roach coaches. You don't think there's high quality food coming out of um, a, a food truck uh, when in reality it's the complete opposite. I mean, we um, it is high quality cuisine. You know, all of our ingredients are sourced locally. All of our proteins are sourced from an you know a pretty high quality uh, meat provider, but. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that's another why they, they that they said that just because it's, um, I guess, the flashier food trucks. I'm not really sure, but uh, a magazine had did call us that. I thought it was pretty funny. I like it. And so, I mean, on that note, I mean, is how is the competition high for weddings? I mean, I, I guess well, actually, let me pause before I ask that question. Let me. I'm going to reverse back to my question. I mean. So let's go back to the beginning. You you buy a food truck and you guys are getting into the business. I mean, your hu husband or boyfriend was already in the business um, mm -hmm. at the time. And, um, and so you already had a familiar background. But for you, you sort of left this corporate job. And next thing you know, you're driving and hopping on this truck. So, I mean, what was that experience like? And... I mean, let's talk about a mindset change, right? You're, you've, you've talked about you didn't want to be in corporate America and you didn't want to be building someone else's dream, which I totally understand. Mm -hmm. But what was it like 
Because a lot of people think that way, but a lot of people don't take the step to make the leap like you did. And even mm-hmm. more so, a lot of people don't stay on the leap, if you will. They don't stay on the leap lily pad, if you will, if they're leaping onto the entrepreneurial lily pad. Um, so tell me what that was like for you. And, and, and was it harder or was it that your mind was set that I'm going to make it succeed? I mean, sort of tell us what that was like for you. Yeah, of course. I mean, I'm very grateful that that this happened when I was in my early twenties. Um, I think I was, you know, I was only, I think we were, I was only like 22 when we, um, when I decided to quit, um, my job. And I think at that age, you're just more willing to take risks. You know, I had always thought, uh, well, if anything happens, I can always go back to corporate America. Um, you know, I don't know if I'd be that risky now um, in my early 30s, but um, I think that was definitely time was on my side at that point. Um, you know, I just really had no reservations. I, you know, I had always thought that um, if this didn't fail, I always knew that I could get a job somewhere. So just having that confidence um, in myself, knowing that, OK, well, if this doesn't fail, I know I can do something else. Um, so yeah, definitely being able to take that risk. And also too, I mean, when we were that young, I mean, we had, I mean, over the course of eight years, there's, we've experienced a lot of like what I would call hiccups. I mean, what can happen has happened. And I think when you're that young, you think, oh, your truck breaks down, you're not able to make it to an event. Well, you're out of business. You know, you think the whole world is coming down. Um, every small little hiccup can seem like the world is ending. You're never going to um, get back on the road. You're never going to get business. But over the years, um, you know, you just kind of learn that those small things, it's inedible and inevitable to happen. So um, you just kind of get a little bit more resilient. And I don't know, we just, you know, we just never gave up. And we just told ourselves, you know, we believed in our product. I mean, I really believed in Texas tacos and believed that we had a great brand, we had a great product. And um, knowing that, you know, our passion really to provide great service and great food to Atlanta kind of kept us going too. Um, but yeah, I hope that answered your question. Yeah. So <clears throat> initially, so going from corporate world now as an entrepreneur, what were the, were, I mean, there's the food truck lessons, which I think we can talk about. I'd like to get into detail also, you know, what were those food truck lessons that you're just like, oh my gosh, I never knew this was what it was going to what it was going to be like running a mobile food operation and what was sort of the entrepreneur lessons you felt you learned very quickly that you, you maybe didn't know before. Yeah, of course. Um, well, you know, and, and working in corporate definitely has its upsides. I mean, you're on a set schedule. Um, you could clock out at five o'clock, whereas, you know, jumping into this, um, you know, working for yourself aspect, I was working longer hours I was working weekends. I never really was off. Um, but I think I traded that for um, having the freedom and flexibility to do what I want when I wanted. Um, and that right there all definitely kept me moving forward because we had, you know, just being able to kind of blaze your own path and do what you want to do versus kind of building somebody else's dream. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was a lot. I mean, I definitely cried a lot the first year, um, just because we were so young and we just had a lot of responsibility. Um, we had, you know, to not only care for this, we only had one truck at the time, but, um, we had staff under us too, that were relying on us. Um, so it was, it was a lot about surviving really just that first year. 
Um, I didn't really, couldn't really think of much else. Um, you know, I knew this was a great product, but it was really about just kind of keep going day after day. I mean, we were working from 6 a.m. to 11 p.m. every day, going back in at 4 a.m. to prep. I mean, we didn't even have a chef at that time. So just resilience, honestly, just kind of keeping going and, um, yeah, just not not giving up and <laughs> just knowing that it's going to get better. Well, and I want to emphasize the resilience part of any entrepreneurial journey because it's really not knowing maybe what you're doing initially, if ever. I mean, it takes a while. Even exactly. to this day when I start a new venture, it's there's a upward swing that's hard. And, you know, even 23 years later, food service partners are a lifelong entrepreneurial journey. It still hurts at the beginning. And even when I expand, oh, sometimes yeah. it hurts. And, um, or you're training new people or in your case, adding a new truck. Um, but the resilience is the thing that's the differentiator. And it's a very strong word, um, on the entrepreneurial journey that we all need because without it, I don't know how you don't make it. You know, I don't know how from informing those habits. And like you said, because you had to get up every day at 4am and you had to work every day to get it done, you were almost forced through routine to be resilient. And I think that's the, the, the emphasis that I want to really make is the routine through resilience. Um, in, in what you said, I think that's really an accurate statement and, and so true for so many entrepreneurs that do sort of make it through that first stage. So, Let's talk about from there. I mean, you've talked about multiple trucks. So tell me how you then decide to build these building blocks and expand your business. Yeah, of course. Um, it probably was year two or three that we decided to add on a second truck. I mean, we were ramping up business. We were starting to increase in weddings. Word was getting out. Um, and a lot of our business is repeat clients. We're about almost 85 to 95% um, repeat clients, which is definitely a testament. But yeah, we just decided, I mean, you know, we, we know we wanted, we knew we wanted to grow the business. So getting a second truck was kind of the next logical step. Um, so yeah, that was probably year two, I believe. Um, so we only have two trucks now, but we're actually acquiring our third truck at the end of this year. Um, so we'll have three trucks on the road um, next year. And then, yeah, the goal is just really just keep keep growing. And eventually we are going to be able to get our first um, brick and mortar space as well. So we'll still have the three trucks running, but we also want to have a permanent location um, where guests are able to find us. Um, and it's still going to be kind of the same menu, but obviously expanded upon. But um, but yeah, that's the goal. Just keep growing. I mean, business is there. The demand is there. So um is that also yeah. so you have your own commissary for your food trucks then um the brick and mortar great question yeah so we already we already do have our commissary um so when you do open up a food truck in atlanta you have to have you tied to um a, a health permanent commissary kitchen um so we already have one where we store the trucks um, and where we prep all the food but it's not um open to the public um just because you know, the size of it, it's mainly just for the food trucks, but eventually we, I mean, we'd love to have one location where we could store the trucks and also be open to the public. It's just finding that in the city of Atlanta, um, has been quite difficult, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it's definitely on the horizon. I mean, we, we actually were going, this was at the start of the p pandemic. 
almost two years ago, we were actually about to sign on our first um, brick and mortar space over in Virginia Highlands. Um, and then this was like maybe two weeks before the entire um, state or country shut down. So we pulled back on that. Um, and so we're just kind of getting, you know, getting back into searching for another another location. So let's talk about that. How did you pivot during COVID? I mean, you're still around. You're talking about still expanding to a third food truck in a brick and mortar. But it obviously took some juggling, pivoting, finagling change of mindset potentially um to get through it so i mean how i mean how it was weddings as your business uh for example and how many weddings were canceled during covid uh, at least the shutdown um so Catherine, talk to us a little bit about that yeah i mean it was i mean it was really daunting i mean just like every restaurant in zootrop we were just like you know half our business was erased i mean we had a lot of thankfully i mean we had a lot of weddings that still proceeded and a lot of them rescheduled to the following year. But yeah, I mean, our calendar was wiped out pretty much from March up until, you know, the end of the you know, beginning of this year. Uh, but I think also being mobile and having the mo- mobile future was also like a blessing too, because we were able to um, travel and go to people's neighborhoods and serve. So people could still stay at home and social distance and having a mobile food truck was also been, um, very beneficial because we were able to park outside. People could social distance. Um, we were in an enclosed mobile unit. So there really wasn't, we weren't really violating anything. So, um, honestly, we were very grateful in that aspect. I mean, we were able to still keep our employees on payroll. Um, of course they weren't working as many hours as they normally would, but, um, I think being mobile and being able to go to people versus them coming to us was definitely a huge, um, a huge factor. Um, and also what sustained us, um, that, and then the weddings too, um, cause people were going to get married no matter what. So that also, that also helped too. I mean, the whole world was running into supply shortages and stuff like that. Did you guys experience that trying to get food for your food truck? Oh yeah. I mean, we, yeah, absolutely. Um, there were some times where we had to completely eliminate an item from our menu in that instance. A lot of the price, we've had to increase our pricing, too, just to offset, um, you know, that, like, logistical nightmares. Because, um, you know, prices of food has increased, too, because of the pandemic. So, absolutely. We definitely had to pivot, like yeah. everybody else. Well, and that's, I think, and anyone who's not in the food business listening in the podcast and you seeing it in the grocery store, but we're, we're only at the tip of seeing the food prices increase, at least right now with the supply chain shortages. So it's an interesting thing, but it's right. We have to pass it on. I mean, businesses have to stay open. So the consumers are going to take it on, but they're, we're already taking it on in the grocery stores anyway. So I mean, I think it's just the way the world is right now and, and sort of the aftermath. And we just have to expect that if we want better food, we're going to have to pay a little more. And that's just the way it is. It's always been that way, mm-hmm. but just a little more right now. And, and we should be going out and spending money on food and, and trying to, to do things and promote that logistic system right now for sure. Um, yeah, exactly. So, Skylar, do you have more questions before we continue on? Um, not at the moment. All right. Um, so let's talk about um, you sort of got in the future, and you talked about the third 
food truck and and the brick and mortar and and so is Texas taco sort of the the thing that that you believe is going to run run into the future and is the brick and mortar going to have the same name and it's and it's the brand and I guess here's another question as you explore into a brick and mortar do you actually expand your menu or do you stick to your basics I mean have you guys sort of thought about all of that strategically yeah exactly yeah we um like i said we still want to keep the trucks running and do because we're, we're more catering at this point um it's very rare that we're sending the truck out to an event where it's not prepaid by a client um we're 95 percent prepaid caterings at this point so that that side of the business will still continue um but yes we would like to have one um, brick and mortar location that we would like to expand um, and it would still be the same brand, Texas Tacos, but it would be elaborated, um, you know, maybe Texas Tacos Cantina, where we would still serve our staples, like um, the tacos, the lime fries, but it would also be expanded. Um, and we'd also want to look at adding on a bar menu as well and doing a seasonal cocktails, margaritas. Uh, but yes, definitely expanded menu to where we could offer um, brunch items um, tailored to a kid's menu. Um, etc. So, um, but same brand name, um, just maybe more elaborated on. So, um, do you actually, do you still work on the trucks then and still cater events and stuff like that? Or is it more so that you have a crew now and, and you've sort of had a trust, a crew to run each truck? Yeah, at this point, um, we definitely have a solid crew under us. Um, yeah, like I said, when we first started, it was just Jeff and I, um, but now, you know, we have a chef. Um, we have a good team under us and, um, and they're great. I mean, we really, I don't know where we'd be without them. Um, but you know, another thing too is, you know, Jeff and I are not afraid to get our hands dirty. I mean, if they, if they need help or if we need to go in and knock out dishes or if we need to help at an event with an, a large head count, then we're happy to do so. We're never that far removed, um, from the business. I mean, we're, we're pretty in it day to day. Um, I'm definitely more on the client side where I'm the one answering the phone, um, doing all the emails, doing the booking. And then my husband is definitely more, um, he deals more with the day-to-day with our team. Um, but yeah, at this point, we're not on the truck as much. Um, but yeah, we're definitely, we'll kind of pop in every now and then um, when needed. So let's talk about that. You mentioned the client relations and the customers and stuff, and you're eight years old, so obviously you believe in building long-term relationships for profitability. So talk to me about how you do that. How do you stay engaged with the customers? How do you draw them back to your food truck? Um, I mean, sort of what does that look like? Because I think a lot of people are like, how do you ever market something that's mobile and and it's never in a consistent place when in actuality it's your advantage? But um, could we talk a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, our goal really is to create like a mutually beneficial relationship with our customers that, you know, extends beyond the initial purchase. Um, You know, like I said, with us being more catering on the catering side of things, the majority of our business is returning clients or repeating clients, which is very nice. Um, you know, and I think too, is we just, we just always, you know, want to practice professionalism, um, patience with ourselves, our customers, our team members, and then also customer service. I mean, that's at the forefront of our, of our business. I mean, great food is already a given, 
um, but we really value customer service. And with that, that means really investing in our team and a good team. Um, you know, we want to ensure that our employees are treated just as well as our customers, just because they're the face of our company. You know, Jeff and I, we really, you know, we're not on the truck that much. So they really are our brand. And um, we want to make sure that in order for them to succeed and do well and uh, make sure they are you know, providing great service to our clients is um, really create an environment for them to succeed. I mean, we understand that our employees that, you know, they're not going to be with us forever and we don't necessarily want them to be with us forever. A lot of times, a lot of our employees are working for us while they get through school and going on to, you know, what they want to do. So it's not like we expect them to be with us forever, but um, we just want to create an environment where, you know, we're very patient with them if they mess up and um, just create a very positive and thriving environment because that reflects, you know, our brand when they, when they go out to, to, to feed clients. So um, it's very important to us. Was that hard to let go of control as you guys brought in more employees at first, or was it something that you guys sort of transitioned smoothly and saw coming? Um, I think we definitely, in the beginning, um, I probably micromanaged a little bit more than I should. I mean, it's your baby and you, you, you just want, you know, it was hard for me to kind of let go and, um, let our employees make those mistakes. Um, so I probably did a little bit more micromanaging in the beginning, but you know, as you, as you grow and as you, you realize that you can't be there all the time and that, and that your employees are going to mess up. Um, maybe they forget something or they're late or whatever. And um, sometimes things happen outside of your control. And I think it's just being very forgiving and very compassionate and just, um, you know, not every time, you know, they're, they're not going to be perfect all the time. But I think, you know, our kind of motto is, you know, you, you treat us well, you know, you take care of us, we'll take care of you. Um, and we've been very fortunate. I mean, we've had a great crew. Some of us have stick, stuck with us for over four years, which is kind of unheard of in the restaurant industry. Um, you know, that it can be an industry that has high turnover, uh, but we've been very great, uh, fortunate. We've had employees that they, they go on to do other things and they come back and help us too with weddings. We, ha- we have a couple of guys that worked for us for like four or five years and they went off and got uh, a corporate job that they'll come back on the weekends and help us uh, just because there's a level of respect there too. Awesome. Um, so on another note, let's, what was the worst day you've ever had on the food truck? If you could think of one. Um, God, where, where do I begin? <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I mean, not to put fear in anyone, but more or less to just know that they're not alone. Yeah, no. I mean, gosh, like I said, what has happened or what can happen has happened. Um, I mean, probably one of the biggest, probably one of the biggest things that happened was, well, our our truck has caught on fire before, but that wasn't as scary um, as we, our truck broke down on the way to a wedding. That is probably the biggest thing because, you know, normally with any other event, like a birthday or if we're doing a big food truck festival, half the time there's other food trucks there or you can call in a replacement um, because we never, you know, our goal with any event is we never want to leave the client high and dry. Um, You know, if we can't make it for something that's out of our control, well, then we're going to find another truck or we're going to, 
um, somehow work it out where they're going to have food regardless. Um, but with the wedding, it, it, it's difficult because you're like, well, this is this is it. So in that case, we definitely have gotten our truck towed um, to the weddings without the bride knowing, mind you. But um, we definitely have had incidents where we've had to tow the truck in place. And we've never missed a wedding. Even if we broke down, we've had it towed in place. Um, so that was probably the biggest scary aspect of it is oh wow we're gonna we're gonna let down 150 people they're gonna have no food on this bride who's been dreaming about her big day since she was little <laughs> that that's that it's a lot of pressure um but you know we make it happen um regardless so i know the interesting thing is is we as humans don't know we have it in us but if we get in crisis we often go into a mode where we don't know how to stop especially if we're emotionally and financially invested in something such as our own business, we tend thing or our farm or animals or whatever. We tend to, as you said, res- use resilience to get our way through anything or for anyone, you know, we put our, we tend to put ourselves aside and say, this is for the person in the wedding, or this is for someone's party. How do we get this done? Or this is for someone else's bottom line. In the case of, um, if you're a co-packer, I think, um, you try to put yourself, um, in that person's shoes and then try to make sure that they don't have the stress of it and of, of you because they're hiring you, you know what I mean? So it's awful to cause stress if you're getting paid to do a job. So, yeah, exactly. We never want to let anyone down. I mean, if we can, if we, if our, if something happens outside of our control, we're going to try to get somewhere regardless. I mean, even if it costs us more money, or if we end up breaking even or whatever, you know, the last thing we want to do is disappoint someone, but sometimes things happen. Um, you know, if it's for a wedding, I mean, we're going to get there regardless and we're going to, but you know, if it's like a big, you know, food truck festival, or if it's like somewhere where they have other multiple trucks, well, sometimes it doesn't make business sense for us to get a towed or we can't or something. Well, then we're going to find a replacement for them because yeah, disappointing clients is, it's never fun and we run a tight ship and you know, we, it, it kills Jeff and I to not be able to do something or not to be able to um, stay true to our commitments. So it's never ideal, but we, um, you know, we definitely have a way of kind of pushing through and making it happen regardless. Did you always have an interest in food growing up or was it sort of just the opportunity that led you to be a food entrepreneur? Um, I, I've always worked in like restaurants throughout high school. I mean, I, I love food. Um, you know, I love, I love seeing how restaurants work. I loved, um, being behind the scenes and that aspect. Um, it really wasn't until I was in my first corporate job that I realized I was like, is this it? Is Am I having to come into the office from eight to six every day? Uh, you know, and just ha- having to tell, ask somebody if I can get off or having to, I was just like, this can't be it, you know? So, um, but definitely, yeah, getting, becoming, um, you know, an entrepreneur and and getting into the business has made me appreciate um, the food truck or the food industry as a whole, just how much work it takes and how um, little, you know, how small margins we work on. Um, So it definitely made made me appreciate it all. Um, The restaurant and food truck owners out there too. It's, it's a tough industry. It's a very interesting thing. We do more of it as humans, and we spend more money on it probably um, on average than anything else is food and eating and everything. <laughs> but yep. we don't really pay much attention to it um, or 
pay much for it in terms of making giving people the ability to make a living off of giving us food, um, which mm-hmm. is interesting, whether it's the farmer or the restaurants or whatever. Um, <clears throat> but um, if I were to ask, like, what really differentiates you from the other food trucks? If, if someone were like, oh, I'm going to do this catering, I don't want to bash anyone. That's not what I'm looking for. I'm more or less looking for, like, you know, every, tacos is something common but how and we talked a little bit about it with your menu but how do you make yourself different than everyone else there how do you remain competitive when more food trucks come into the market or you know there's roach coaches out there we talked about higher level of service and quality of food but i mean how do you do it on a regular basis because there's more and more chefs getting into the food truck game there's obviously more competition for those venues or the breweries or wherever uh, the neighborhoods. How do you make sure you're always a, a level ahead? Yeah, of course. I mean, gosh, like, like I said, back in 2011, we were probably one of the first food trucks in Atlanta. And there's probably over, gosh, like a hundred now with there's tons of taco trucks too. Um, you know, I think what sets us apart, which, you know, our, our high quality food, that's a given, um, you know, we definitely put out a great food, but I think the customer service aspect of it, I mean, we hold a, a five-star rating here in Atlanta and, um, you know, just having exceptional customer service. And what that means is, um, responding to people in a timely manner. I mean, I get calls all the time of people that are like, you know, this truck, I've tried to call them five or six times. They don't answer, you know, I'll answer, I'll answer the call in the first first ring you know i've definitely had to put some boundaries in place i mean i would answer my call all hours of the day no matter what day it was and over the years i definitely had to put a little bit more boundaries on that where you know if it's seven o'clock at night okay i'll call them tomorrow just just for my mental state um but yeah just just being just being um available um just getting back to people in a timely manner being very professional um, and having that business aspect of it, like you said, a lot of a lot of um, people think, oh, well, I can make a really great burger. Well, it takes a lot more than able to, you know, put great food out. You really have to have a certain business aspect or business uh, mindset too. Um, so it's it's more than that. Um, but yeah, I mean, just having great customer service, I think, sets the part. In addition to also being able to put out food pretty fairly quickly. I mean, you really have to get, you're at a location for a short amount of time and you have to feed, um, a, you know, a certain number pretty quickly without compromising on quality. And when we developed the menu, um, we really, that was at the forefront is how can we um, create a system where we're able to get food pretty out pretty quickly um, without, you know, it being a mess. Um, so that's definitely huge. I mean, we, that's, that, that, I've heard horror stories too, of, you know, some trucks taking over 45 minutes to an hour, um, to service guests and you just can't have that. I mean, you really got to get people through the line, um, at a rapid pace. Yeah. Cause the thing is, I mean, you're competing with a lot of other businesses out there and I think timeliness is so important in food now. And we're so used to getting the food in a timely manner everywhere we go, even in, very casual or sorry very fine dining people's expectations have 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 increased in terms of the fast at at the pace of which they want their service or how fast they want the service so 
I think it's it's something to definitely look at. And if you can't turn around something quickly today, um, it gets harder and harder to compete. So, which is one of the points that you made earlier, which was simplifying your menu, you know, mm-hmm. you know, and simplifying the items so you can literally take a simplified menu and simplified items to make it on multiple things on the truck to lead a greater menu, but less items, um, actually carry yeah, the inventory. Exactly. Um, <clears throat> so, um, as we wrap up here, um, Skylar, did you have any questions again? So you've obviously put a lot of time and effort into this and you're very passionate about it. Um, and you've had your ups and downs. So how does it feel now when you see things like Atlanta journal constitution voted you best food truck in Atlanta, stuff like that? Um, I mean, it's rewarding. It feels that, you know, our hard work is um, almost validated in a sense because I already know that we have a great, a great brand and great food. And I know that, but it, it's nice to see other people um, notice that too. Um, so it definitely makes those long hours, 15 hour work days um, worthwhile. Um, and just to, you know, just to have a great um, community too. I mean, we've, we've been really fortunate to have a great, great uh, community behind us that have really, um, you know, been there and kind of kept us going and keeping us, keeping us on the road and doing what we love. So um, can't complain. It feels good. Do you guys use a lot of social media and stuff for your marketing or trying to attract people to the trucks or it's less about that because you concentrate more on catering? Um, no, we're, we are definitely big into social media. Um, you know, it is tough because yeah, the general, it's hard for the general public. I mean, we will, we'll be out seven days a week, but they're all catering. So we'll get calls a lot. Well, where are you guys? Well, we're at this location, but you know, we're close to the public um, but yeah, I mean, we, we rely so, solely on social media. I mean, we really don't spend any marketing dollars anywhere else. Um, just because the majority of our business is, you know, word of mouth and then also repeat, um, clients. Um, but yeah, we, we post where we're going to be daily, um, uh, on Instagram, Facebook. Um, so yeah, but again, it's, it's, it's just tough because we are more catering. So we don't really have to rely on it too much um, just because we're not we're really not open to the public that much, unfortunately. <laughs> it's a good problem to have. You're booked up. You know, you're less relying on uh, variables, but that's part of building your business, right? You build a reputation. Um, you have more customers. You focus on them more long term. They become repeat customers. And then you, you know, it's less stressful, um, growing and it's less stressful purely for the fact that you did all the work in the beginning to start establishing those relationships. And as long as you make sure all your employees continue to build your customer relations the same way, um, your business should grow arguably. And people don't realize that a lot of it has to do with those soft costs. People are willing to absorb price increases and things like that. If you build a good long-term customer relationship with people, um, and listen to their feedback. It's um it's interesting because we'll it's fun to see everything full circle. Like a lot of these brides that will cater their wedding, they'll call us um a year or two years later and we'll cater their uh, first baby shower. 
so that that's really kind of cool to see to see that come full circle too um, with clients. it's becoming part of their tradition in their families as well and, exactly mm-hmm. you know, and i've been to um two weddings now where they've used food trucks as part of the the wedding over the last couple of years and that, it's just an easier way to go and the guests have to get up and get their food and then sit back down and you're not worried about plates getting done and some being hot and some being cold it just works out better and people can eat at their own pace and, and things like that and go get seconds and things like that. So I think it opens up things much more to people not leaving hungry either in some cases if there's not a lot of appetizers and things like that. So <clears throat> I think it's the way to go. Um, I lost track of my thought a little bit, but um, f- from from here, um, you know, do you... Do you not worry as much about if you get more trucks that you have to worry about filling it into neighborhoods and and things like that? Or you get a third truck because you know you have the catering amount of business to justify the truck? I mean, sort of what's the trigger in your mind to say, okay, we need a third truck? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, I think there's always going to be that worry that, um, well, what if we can't sustain it? What if, what if? Um, and I think also, too, maybe it's... I, I kind of like having that worry because it always keeps me like on my toes. I never get, um, you know, stuck in this mindset of, Oh, you know, we'll be fine. Like there's always that sense of what if, which I think also helps drive me, um, to want to do more and be better. Um, you know, I never want to get complacent. Um, but yeah, there's always that worry. Um, but another, the, on the other side of that coin is, you know, if we don't, I probably, you know, if we, if we don't do it, then I'm going to regret that more than if we were to do a third truck and not have business as opposed to not doing anything at all. So, um, I'd rather just try it and see what happens. And, um, if it, if it succeeds and we're able to keep three trucks running, which I know we can, um, great. But if it doesn't, well, you know, we tried it and, um, I can be happy knowing that we did that. Awesome. Um, so, uh, Skylar, did you have any more questions before we start to to wrap things up? No, this is good stuff. <laughs> um, Catherine, is there anything that you want to add to the audience? Anything you want to talk about your food truck or um, tell us again, tell the audience where they can find you guys in case they're in the Atlanta area, they want to try your truck or use it for a catered event. Um, could you just go through all that again for us? Yeah, yeah, of course. Um well, to answer your first question, I mean, I, you know, I hope, you know, one of the big reasons, you know, I wanted to do this podcast too was to really show um, our customers and clients um, our genuine passion for this industry. I mean, we really do have a passion for providing great service and exceptional food, and we really take pride in our company. And I and I hope, you know, this podcast shows that. And also, just to, you know, say thank you to our our community for really supporting us for so many years. I mean, we couldn't do, we couldn't do what we love without them. So just, you know, we we are a small husband and wife team and um, we're not this huge conglomerate. So, you know, when they book with us, we just want to ensure that, you know, let them know that they are in great hands and we take what we do very seriously and we have a lot of pride in what we do. Um, But yeah, to find us, I mean, we call, you know, I always tell clients always call us if they are looking for our food truck and they want to try it out. Sometimes we are at public events. Um, But yeah, definitely keep following us on social media. 
um, Facebook, Instagram, t- uh, Twitter. We're not as active on Twitter or TikTok, but definitely Instagram. Um, but yeah, they can always call us and I'll be the one to answer. So <laughs> I'm happy to answer any questions they have. I'm super responsive and, um, and I hope so too that, you know, this podcast inspires, um, you know, young female entrepreneurs that, who want to chase after their dreams and, um, to not be intimidated, especially if they want to enter in the food and the um, food industry, just because it is very male dominated. So, um, yeah, just to go for it. Absolutely. So quick question as we wrap things up, number one, what is your favorite food? And number two, what's your favorite food off of the food trucks? Um, my favorite food <laughs> is not nothing we start I me mean, i love tacos don't give, I, I could eat tacos every day um probably southern comfort i love macaroni and cheese i'm from alabama so <laughs> i love southern comfort food um but i would say my most favorite thing from our uh, truck is probably our loaded um lime fries they're called loaded texicana fries and you can find like carne asada fries you can go out to california and find these everywhere but basically we take our lime fries and then we load them down with like your choice of meat. I personally love our skirt steak. Um, and then we top it with like pretty much everything, queso, salsa, guac, jalapenos. Um, so it's kind of like loaded nachos, but with lime fries as the base, they're, they're killer. So if you're at the truck order those, they're amazing. Not so great health wise, but who cares? They're awesome. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you very much. And if anyone has any questions or wants to know anything about Texas tacos, feel free to reach out to Catherine. I'm sure she'll give you anything you guys want to know. And feel free to reach out to Skylar and I. Um, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook, like I said, at Justin the Food Entrepreneurs. Um, also, if you like what we're doing, please share the podcast. If you know someone who's an entrepreneur or wanting to be in the food business, please share them with Uh, share this with them as well because these type of things I think help give comfort and they remove fear that's unintentionally put in places um, where people would normally be entrepreneurs um, if they didn't if they knew that there were others out there like them Um, so that being said um, also tune into our other podcasts we have scavenology with Elena Hamade um, through our Primal Rock and Better with Bacon Fat Studios, um, as well as uh, the Centurion Leadership Battalion and I Got You Girl, which is also led by Elena. So, uh, Skylar, why don't you give everyone your Instagram um, and where they can find you on social media? And, Skylar, you're going to take us home today. Sure. Um, I'm on mainly Instagram at sky underscore rab, that's R-A-B, and then another underscore at the end. Um, thank you guys for listening. Hope you got something out of it. I hope you enjoyed it. Awesome. Thank you again, Catherine, and check out Texas, Texas tacos. Mm -hmm.